According to a brief published by the Higher Education Research Institute at UCLA, white college freshmen entering civil, mechanical, and engineering programs outnumber black and indigenous people of color seven to one. A panel of experts at the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine cited factors such as a lack of funding and resources available for minorities who want to focus on STEM, the lack of accessibility to technology by low-income students, and subpar teaching at lower-tier schools. These experts never toured the Howard School's Future Ready Institute of Architecture, Engineering, and Construction in Chattanooga, Tennessee, or met its director, JFO Hardin. Welcome to Fund for Teachers, the podcast. I'm Carrie Caton, and the goal of each episode is to elevate teachers as the inspiring architects of their careers, classrooms, and school communities. Today, we visit with JFO Hardin, architectural and engineering design teacher at the Howard School of Academics and Technology, one of Hamilton County's Future Ready Institutes. This collective of public schools supports career and college-ready experiences that jumpstart students' lives after high school. JFO leads the Institute of Architecture and Construction, and students who dedicate four years to this institute will be prepared for post-secondary training, leading to professions in architectural, civil, and mechanical engineering and design. JFO was recently named a Tennessee Educator Fellow by the State Collaborative for Reforming Education. Quite an accomplishment for an architecture project manager who never dreamed of becoming a teacher. JFO designed his fellowship to enroll in the Home Design Build course at Yestermorrow in Waitsville, Vermont. Afterwards, you will experience an off-campus design build program in the School of Architecture at Auburn University and document prominent works of American architecture in New York City. His mission, both at the Howard School and with his fellowship, is to provide architectural and engineering design students with equitable access to quality design education. You wrote in your proposal that you never expected a career transition into education. Right. Tell me a little bit about what you were doing prior to this and then how that transition happened into the classroom. Okay, sure. So, so prior to um, getting in the classroom, I was working in the field of architecture. So I was an intern architect, you know, basically sitting at a computer for most of the day, drawing up plans, working through proposals. Occasionally, I would go out to a site working on design and building. And so there's a program called ACE Mentor Program. It exposes high school students to fields of architecture, construction, and engineering. We would meet uh, usually about once a week to give students a, a project, and they would work through the design process. They meet all the professions as in, involved in architecture, construction, engineering, so they could actually create a project and present it. Working with that program had me opportunity to work with students, to see that light bulb go off and say, hey, I had no idea that this person was in, involved in the design professional, but hey, I think this is something I can do in my career. Or, hey, this is something I don't think I want to do. So thanks for you know, exposing me to it. So it kind of became a mission. So you transitioned into the classroom and mm -hmm. you drew on your experiences at the drafting table as a student. So what was your exposure to design like as a student? Yeah, um, I've always been interested in the design. Uh, you know, we had Lego sets. I, was, I grew up with four brothers. Uh, you're always building something. My dad was handy. He built a tree house in the backyard and we slept in at night a couple of times or, or just doing handy work around the house. Uh, so that kind of just sparked my interest. And then my mother, uh, on the weekends, said, let's, 
you know, sitting up and watching cartoons all Saturday. She put us in programs, which, which we hated, right? But one, one of them was at, a, at Tennessee State University, and it was a, a engineering program for, you know, elementary, middle school students. And they would expose us to um, AutoCAD programs and, and just things around engineering to, that minority interest in careers for engineering. And so that's what we would do on our Saturdays. Then I got to high school. My football coach was the drafting class teacher. And so that's kind of what uh, got me into it. And, he, and I just followed it through with college. So I said, uh, you know, after high school experience, my middle school experience, I said, this is something I want to pursue uh, as far as a career. So you went to Tuskegee. Yep. Enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed the students I work with. I enjoyed working architecture, enjoyed designing things and, you know, just build up over a lifetime for me to get to where I was with it. But your mother's feeling pretty good about those, <laughs> those workshops she made you go to. Exactly. You know, and I, and I tell her all the time, you know, I didn't understand it then. I didn't appreciate it then, but I'm, I'm glad that you did what you did to, to kind of get me where I am right now. Okay. So that's kind of some background. And mm -hmm. have you been at the Howard School? Just finished year, year seven. So you've had it some time to reflect, look at some of the gaps in the curriculum or some of the needs of your students. How did you decide to design a fellowship to enroll in the home design and build course at Yes Tomorrow? So I never thought I would, I would actually be teaching, right? And so, uh, you know, once I got into teaching and I saw students who were gravitating to my curriculum and they enjoyed being in my class. They enjoyed the things that we were doing in class. And I would have students say, hey, didn't even think that I liked your class, but this is probably one of my favorite classes in, in school. And I said, well, how can I extend that learning to more students, right? So I have more students going ahead and going to a career in it. So I looked at the uh, Yes Tomorrow design build class and said, hey, this is an opportunity for me to take a back seat as a student to learn how they deliver their process as far as, uh, you know, teaching students or, and, and how can I translate to what that, uh, what they're doing to what I do in the classroom uh, to make it more meaningful, get, get the most out of my kids with it. So, But then you didn't just stop there. You have two other phases of your fellowship that you plan to do. The first being incorporating some in, uh, individual field work in New York City. Yeah, so the idea with the New York piece was to make a stop at one of the most prominent cities in American architecture with the skyscrapers and Statue of Liberty so I can get a firsthand experience to bring it back to my students. Funny thing you actually said that when my wife found out I got it, they went out and bought me a Lego architecture set for New York City. And so my sons, they helped me with the uh, a Lego set. So <laughs> Nice! <laughs> yeah. Passing so on the, the generation to generation Legos. Exactly, exactly. So that was one of those things that, you know, sometimes we see books and we see uh, great buildings and, and, and that's all we know is what they tell us in the book. But by getting a firsthand experience of being there, saying, hey, I went to the top of this building, I got to see this one, and, and just having that firsthand experience with my students, I think is beneficial. The third phase of your fellowship, I confess, is the one in which I'm the most interested. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did not know anything about the rural studio rural studio mm -hmm. uh, and the school of architecture at auburn university how did you know about this program at auburn the rural studio yep going to school at tuskegee in architecture so we were 20 minutes from auburn university and with that we worked together with their architecture students mainly a lot of times they had some of the materials that we didn't have so we were a smaller school didn't have the uh, resources a larger auburn uh, university had so we would go talk with them 
And um, I learned while I was down there about a design build program that they had, a specialized program where students not only learn about architecture, they actually worked in the field and, and built. And, and I thought that was uh, something extraordinary. Knowing the great projects they built, uh, giving kids, you know, hands-on experience, and then working with uh, impoverished communities to bring great design to them. I thought that was important. And I think that's, to me, it feels like it's something that we can do here in Chattanooga. The main purpose of the Rural Studio is to enable each student to step across the threshold of misconceived opinions and to design, build with a moral sense of service to the community. Mm -hmm. How do you see that playing out then in Chattanooga? Because you said in your proposal that you would like to do an annual design build project or a quarterly weekend do-it-yourself project. Yeah, so, so my idea is to have some group that is uh, are willing to work with students to allow them to design it and, and implement it. Hands-on experiences, you know, very similar to the Rural Studio. Hey, this is a need that we have. Don't have a lot of resources. We don't have the money to, to go out and hire our architect. We believe you, you as students can do just as great as a job as these uh, professionals, right? So uh, on, on a Saturday, we present a, a design proposal with uh, to the students, and then they could possibly work on it through that day. If it's a smaller project, it could be a project we work on over a couple of weeks. And then just being able to use the different tools that we have within our school and our studio. Hand tools, power tools, kids becoming familiar with that and comfortable with using those. So that's what I'm kind of thinking. Did I read somewhere that you and a colleague and your students built a house for someone? Yeah, uh-huh. He had a construction teacher, which he was, you know, he was teaching as well as he, he still has a construction company going on and uh, had the idea of, uh, it was all about collaboration with the classes. My class, we usually do the designs and then his class builds them, right? So we, how can we tie this together and see students, understand students, hey, they go hand in hand. Uh, so our class was responsible for going ahead and designing. We had a, uh, a teacher who was wheelchair-bound, disabled. So he came in and talked to the class and said, hey, uh, when you're designing, you got to think about these things, uh, especially with me being a, a disabled. Well, everybody, when you say disabled, that doesn't mean you're in a wheelchair. That could be uh, limited functions of legs, limited functions of hands, whatever the case may be. So how can you incorporate things for folks with disabilities, right? And so... Long story short, materials were donated. We actually took a field trip and we were out on the site. We uh, laid foundations, we, we framed. We had our students, the architect students, look at the plans and kind of, hey, this is where this goes. I can understand this now, I understand a little better. Uh, hey, we're not doing that right, this, that should go over there, right? It was real hands-on learning. Kids loved it, it was a finished product. And something that's in their community actually can say, hey, this was a, I was a part of this project, right? So I think that's huge for student learning. It was donated to a, a disabled veteran with here in our community. If you are interested in introducing students to design and build projects, JFO recommends the Architecture, Construction, and Engineering, or ACE, mentor program, America's top workforce development organization encouraging youth to pursue STEM-related careers. This initiative strives to engage, excite, and enlighten high school students to pursue related careers through mentoring and to support their continued advancement in the industry. To find out more about serving as a mentor, establishing an ACE mentor after-school program at your school, or to take advantage of online student resources, visit acementor.org.
We are learning from JFO Hardin, Director of the Future Ready Institute of Architecture, Engineering, and Construction at the Howard School in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He is a graduate of Tuskegee University's School of Architecture, an experienced project manager with a leading architecture firm, and now director of the Howard School's VW, or Volkswagen, eLab, which is a project-based learning lab that empowers students to use digital fabrication tools in an authentic context. JFO designed his fellowship to enroll in the Yestermorrow Design and Build School at Waitsville, Vermont, followed by independent research in New York City and the Rural Studio at Auburn University. Tell me about your school. We're about a 90% uh, low-income students, probably majority Hispanic students. We have a lot of first-time in a high school setting. We get uh, some uh, students coming from Guatemala. It's a lot of migrant students. Is there a career and technical education component in, in every student's lesson plan, or can they just, is this an elective that they can choose? We have uh, career technical education. So we've got a couple of different options that students can choose from. Of course, we've got the architecture and engineering. We've got construction, welding. We have uh, cosmetology, health science, and culinary arts. So uh, students, they select from those different ones. Hey, this is what I'm interested in. This is something I could possibly see myself pursuing as a career. In that, and that's how we kind of get them in there. And are you seeing an increase in kids doing this architecture yep. design program? Yeah, so it's funny you ask that. When I first got there, I had uh, had one class with, I think, about three or four students. <laughs> and, and so, and, and you know, two of them, discipline problems. So sometimes I'd have two students in class, right? At the time, I think we were maybe six to 800 students. I said, two students in my class, we got to do better, right? So I, now I have 25 computers in my classroom. I stay with a full, full load of at least 24 students to kind of fill the classroom. So, And the funny thing is I have students that come by uh, in, in class change and they're peeking in because of the, they've heard uh, from their peers, oh, hey, this is what we're working on. I want to be a part of it. So we do robotics also. They're still part of engineering. And so I have students who come in, in the hallway and ask me, how can I be a part of your class? This is something I want to do. And I even have teachers come to me and say, hey, this student really does well in this area. He likes drawing, sketching, but he just didn't know how to kind of focus that. They refer him to my class. I love yeah. it. Why do you think they are drawn to your class in particular? You know, that's a good question. So a lot of people fear when you talk about architecture and engineering, they kind of uh, get an anxiety about it. Uh, thinking it's a hard thing. And, you know, I always tell the kids, I say, hey, if you stand here, you work with me, I, I can get you there, right? And I think they've uh, just been able to trust me through that process. And I think one of the things for me is taking an idea from within your head and actually building a, a physical model. I think a lot of kids get a drive from being able to do that. You said in your proposal that th these students, uh, the population are English language learners and students who've experienced various levels of childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. So you bring them into this, this safe setting that is kinetic, that has so many different opportunities and hands-on learning. Do you see your space, your lab now, as kind of an incubator for these kids who have had a lot of struggles? Mm -hmm. With the childhood trauma they have, uh, sometimes they're in mentoring programs, or they get mentors in their life and they come and go, parents and guardians in and out of their life. So I think the consistency in my class is a big thing and just following through for you know what I said I was gonna do with students. And then just say having the confidence in those students and saying, hey, 
I, you know, I, don't, I don't care what your English scores or what your math scores look like. You can come in here and you can succeed at this tough subject, right? You just got to apply yourself. You got to listen, pay attention, and then you got to do the work. And I'm consistent in that message from August all the way through May. Talk about some of the childhood traumas. I've got some students that miss quite a bit of days at school for various reasons. It could be discipline issues. It could be moving, you know, from one house to another, um, having to stay home with younger siblings because mom and dad has to work. I've, I've heard it all. Or the students actually have to work. But not judging those kids and when they come back, and I don't give them earful about, hey, you've been out of school, blah, blah, blah. You missed all of this lesson. All right. Where did you leave when you left? Let's pick back up and, and keep moving forward. So I don't hold them, hold things like that against them. I put it behind us and let's, let's and that's old. Let's keep on moving. Let's see what we can do for the day. Just that message of, of hope and like I said, consistency, I think kind of what drives, drives what we do. So you've been in the classroom for seven years? Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you've had some students go on post high school, post-graduation. Have you seen any of those students come back? Are they pursuing any type of architecture, construction, engineering? Yeah. I'll talk about two girls that I'm still in contact with now. One went on to University of Tennessee, uh, Knoxville School of Architecture. I think she was there for two years and families. She ended up coming back to Chattanooga. When she got back here, she went to the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, and she enrolled in the arch- interior architecture program, which is great. I mean, she's still in the field. She's still pushing. And not only that, they have a program where they have students that come out and speak to high school students. So where did she want to come? She wanted to come back to the high school that she graduated from. And and she actually has a brother there now, right? So she was able to come back and speak about her experience in their program and and see that, hey, Mr. Hart was my my former teacher, and that's why I am where I am today. And I, I thought that was great. Another young lady, Again, she went to UTK, architecture program, but she ended up transferring back to Chattanooga. But she entered into UTC's mechanical engineering. She got into that program, gave me a call over the summer and said, hey, I need a job. I said, okay, let me, con- let me call some folks, because I know she was a great student. And uh, got her a job at uh, Tennessee Valley Authority, uh, which I deal with nuclear energy and things of that nature. Been doing great, still working with them. And I think this is three or four years past now. And so, uh, again, got her foot in the door, and she's still, still pushing. We've got other students that have not necessarily architecture, but they've gone to construction jobs. Yeah. Uh, and, again, I think that this, this exposure, again, pushes them into it. You know, it's, it's better than some of the jobs that they're seeing with peers a lot of times they graduate and they just go into service jobs, nothing related to, you know, what they did in school. And I think it gives them a level of confidence to say, hey, this is what I learned in school, and this is what I'm kind of pursuing as a career so and, and pride mm-hmm. oh definitely definitely and, and the thing about it is when the young lady came back and spoke from the interior design program and some of her peers were saying hey you guys have this opportunity in high school I didn't learn about AutoCAD and some of these programs you were working into you know until I got to college so take advantage of this opportunity and you know I tell students that all the time but then when you have a you know one of their peers to come back and say it somebody they identify because they you know, her brother was in the class, and, and she says it takes a whole different uh, outlook for the students. So, Is there anything that I have not asked you about that you feel like is defining about either your education as a student or your student's education in your classroom? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you asked about the reason I got to where I am, because I think that tells a lot of the 
the story of why I think my class is successful and the reason I'm still still hanging in there, right? I had people that were passionate about what they were doing. They saw a need for exposing younger students to it. And then, like I said, with my community, a lot of times we have the inconsistency of positive examples in their lives, and especially with a, a technical um, subject that we deal with, right? Some of my students are been able to see somebody that looks like them in a, in a profession. Uh, for my students, uh, my football players, and saying we can we can have fun with athletics, but we can also be successful with a technical, you know, oriented career. So, being able to see that, hey, uh, Mr. Harden, he can have fun. He can do his math and and things of that nature to be applied to architecture construction is, is huge. And that's it's the same kind of thing what I saw as a high school student, right? Because one of my coaches was my, my drafting teacher. Do you know where he is now? It's been a number of years, but I, I did tell him I was in architecture. He was just, you know, happy about it, tell him I was teaching. I'll tell you also, somebody I talked with uh, a couple of years back was my art teacher. <laughs> and I told her, I said, I apologize for any my behavior in class, she said, no, you were fine. She said, I love the work that you did. I'm proud of you that you're in the you know, field of teaching now. She was proud of me, so. Well, and also Tuskegee can be really proud of you. That uh, acronym that they now have, BRICS, of Build, Research, Innovate, Community, Know, and Serve. And that's you. You're epitomizing that mission and are doing it with your students and uh, it's really inspiring. It must be really rewarding and exciting to see what, what's ahead for them. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. We look forward to using this podcast to elevate more teachers as the inspiring architects of their careers, classrooms, and school communities. But you can learn from almost 9,000 Fund for Teachers fellows now by visiting fundforteachers.org blog or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you to FFT fellow Jafo Harden for sharing his plans for providing architectural and engineering design students with equitable access to quality design education. I'm Carrie Caton. Thank you for joining us today at Fund for Teachers, the podcast. Until next time, keep learning.